You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the new episode of Between You and Me, the podcast where music makers talk about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jess, and I'm so happy you are here. Okay, so we we posted our last episode two weeks ago, and I feel like the world has turned upside down in two weeks. Normally, it's, it's events that happen in different countries. So like early this year with the bushfires in Australia, I was talking about that. Um, and in the last two weeks, we had tornadoes through Nashville and, and all sorts of stuff. So I sort of, I try to, I know that they're at the forefront of our minds. So even though like podcasts and music is an escape, you can't, you can't like separate them completely because we create music and we create things out of our life experiences. So normally I would, I would try and find some meaning in it and just like, be like, Hey, we're like, we're with you. We love you. I feel like at the moment, every single person in the world is trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And none of us really know. There are medical experts at the moment who have a lot to say, which is awesome. I'm so glad they know what's going on in terms of COVID-19. And there are so many people with opinions at the moment. Social media, because a lot of us are self-isolating at home, social media is even fuller and bigger than usual. Um, we have had more music artists do live streams and concerts in the last week than I don't, I've ever seen in my life. Like every time I'm on, there's like people talking with this person and this person and, and all these songs. And we have more content than ever before because we were all trying to create something good out of whatever this chaos is. And I love that. I think that's phenomenal. But there's also this such a sense of uncertainty in the air right now. My hope today with this episode, uh, which is not at all based around COVID-19, just heads up, yay for that. Um, my hope is that it will just it will just make you smile. So I spoke to my friend Anna May. She is a phenomenal singer-songwriter. Um, she's in the alternative sort of pop genre. And we met uh, through a small group at church in Nashville a few years back. I had no idea that she was a musician when we started out until my friend was like, hey, why don't you sing anime? And she sort of like just subtly was like, you know, and, and I looked into it and um, and anime has this really cool, bold, sassy, fun, honest sound that I think you will really love. Anime is a wonderful singer, songwriter and artist who lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Now she is like right in the heart of country music and right in the heart of Christian music. That all happens in Nashville. But the thing that stands out for me the most about her, apart from the fact that she is a genuinely authentic, great person, is that she has really forged her own path in the middle of all that and sort of going, alternative pop is my thing. If you want to call it secular music, call it secular, whatever you like, but I'm going to own that space and I'm going to do everything I can to make that space true and honest to me and to bring love into that space and and her sense of who God is. I love that. And so we had a great conversation today about what life looks like when you move to Nashville and you come from a small town and then you come here and like everyone is making music and everyone is really good. How do you find your identity in that? How do you stay the course when everyone around you is in a different industry or is saying that you should be more successful? And 
how do you stay true to the songs that you think God wants you to make in that moment, especially when you're not in the quote unquote Christian industry? Anna Mae is just so honest. Literally, her EP, which came out two weeks ago, is called If I'm Being Honest. So it's just perfect and authenticity just flows through our conversation. She shares a bit of her story um, and also tells me a little bit about what being a newlywed is like. She just celebrated a year and a half with her husband, Tip. They're both part of the music industry. So it's really cool to get some insight into how do you actually facilitate a healthy married relationship when you both have careers in the music industry and rely on that to make an income. Um, We actually hear that through some of her music and her EP discusses that, which is really cool. Uh, But I really enjoyed learning it from her and hearing the story of how she and Tip got together was just really fun. Um, So I think that you will really enjoy that. Anna May is an alternative pop gem, and while she makes music in Nashville, the heart of Christian and country music, over the last four years, she has forged a path for herself, creating e-catching tunes that has seen her music placed over 80 times in multiple commercials, TV shows, and movies. With over 768,000 streams on Spotify and releasing numerous digital singles over the years, this month, Anna May just dropped her debut EP, If I'm Being Honest. Born in Red Ring, Minnesota, Anna May moved to Nashville to study music business at, where else, Belmont University. And while she initially planned to become a Christian artist, it was clear she had something special in the alternative pop genre. And she gained inspiration from artists like Katy Perry, Need to Breathe, Coldplay and The Beatles. After her graduation in 2014, she hit the ground running and played local shows and penning her own music. With a mission to write fiercely honest and empowering songs, Anna May's bold and fun edge made her stand out in the crowd. And come 2016, she released her first single, Honey, I Need You, and Just Watch and Savages followed. Her notoriety as a songwriter was picking up among co-writers and publishers, and in the space of a year, Anna May achieved over 12 placements, including one on The Voice. After a phone call and a meeting with Kate Fagan from Prescription Songs, home of producer, singer and songwriter Dr. Luke, Anna May became the first songwriter signed out of their Nashville base. It's fair to say that things have taken off even more for Anna May ever since this happened. Releasing the single Call Girl in 2018, she has also collaborated with Silverberg on the song Paradise, which was placed on both the Spirit and Good People Good Music playlist on Spotify. Her hit, Single Minded, went on to make the New Music Friday charts in the US, Sweden, Iceland, Denmark and the Netherlands and reached number 20 on Spotify's United States Viral 50 chart. Come 2019, an anime's collab with Unsecret called Break the Rules appeared on Spotify's Fierce Femmes playlist and she soon found her music playing on nearly every major network provider. Now you name the show and anime has probably been placed on there. From reality TV shows like To The Hills, Teen Mum 2, Survivor Game Changers, one of my favourites, Hotel Grand and X on the Beach. She has even gained MTV Artist of the Week. She's had her songs appear on World of Dance, Orange is the New Black, Younger, Lucifer, Veep, Ellen, and she even penned the theme song to Reese Witherspoon's new show, Shine On. If that's not enough, Anna May's pop sensibilities also suited movie trailers and playlists, and her collab with Pretty Panther, titled Stronger, appeared in the trailer for the movie On the Basis of Sex. She also appeared on trailers for Bad Mums Christmas and the Emoji movie, so she's basically nailing every single audience out there right now. Throw in a placement on a Toyota Super Bowl commercial and an ad during the American Music Awards, 
And you could say Anna Mae is making her mark on the music industry by letting her songs speak for themselves. That's why her new EP, If I'm Being Honest, is so exciting. For the first time, Anna Mae has curated five tracks in one place, penned solely for the purpose of telling her story. Her lead single, Choose, which details her wrestle between her career and choosing to get married, made it to New Music Friday on Spotify. And it was followed by Lonely, a fun and raw take on what it's like to be in a relationship constantly competing with the wants and needs of the music industry. This made it to the breaking pop list on Apple Music, and her third single, Just The Way I Am, saw her on the new pop playlist on Spotify. I spoke with Anna Mae about what it means to create honest music, how she stays in her lane in such a competitive music city, and how she sustains a healthy marriage when both she and her husband have music careers. Guys, Anna Mae is a friend that I've had for a few years now. She is one of the kindest, most talented, but like underrated people you will ever meet. I'm so excited for you to meet her and to to hear the story about the person who has probably penned some of the catchiest songs that you have been listening to on TV for the last four or five years. Meet Anna May. Okay, so let's start with who is Anna May? For people who, for some reason, don't know who you are. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> um, I'm an artist and a singer and writer located in Nashville. And I do, I write mainly for myself, but I also write for other people. Um, I'll write all kinds of music, but my own stuff is alternative pop. And then I do a lot of film and TV music also. Which I love. Because like the first time I met you, I was mm-hmm. I was in your house, ironically, because you, yeah. a small group was at your place. And yep. I remember um, our friend Sarah was like, who can sing here? Anime. And you're like, no, it's fine. And later on, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, and, and I, was, I, was like, I was like, I like it. Like, it was great. And it was just, I just didn't really enjoy it because in Nashville, it's like everyone makes music. But you're just sitting there yeah. being like, I'm just serving. I'm just here. It's just what yeah. you do. And I, I appreciated like, it. Good. I'm like, don't put me on the spot. I'm all right. <laughs> it's like, I sing all day, every day. I'm fine right now. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, unless I can, like, prep for this, I'm good to pass. <laughs> yes. So can you tell me when you came to Nashville? Yeah, so I moved to Nashville. I've been here about eight and a half, yeah, eight and a half wow. years now. Yep, so I moved right out of high school. So when I graduated high school, I moved to Nashville and went to Belmont University. And so I knew that I wanted to move here. I knew I wanted to do music, and so I was like, I'm going to apply to Belmont. If I get in, I'll go there. If I don't get in, I'm just going to move there anyways and just, like, start doing this. So I, like, hadn't toured the school or anything until I moved in. I was like, okay, this is where I'm living now. I love Um, that. I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I just have to be there. Like, I know that. So that's just what's going to happen. And um, But it, like, turned out great because as soon as I moved here, I lived in Minnesota my whole life up till living here and grew up on a farm and loved living there but I like had just not experienced anything else and so once I got here I just could not believe I was like there's like a city made for me everyone loves coffee and music and Jesus what the heck (laughs) that's how I felt coming to Nashville as well (laughs) yes I was like this is insane I had no idea this existed yeah and so yeah then I've just stayed since and I mean I like love going to other places but whenever I go somewhere else I'm like 
but Nashville's like my people, my home. So, <laughs> yeah. So when you one Minnesota to Nashville, huge leap. I've been yes. to Minnesota, <laughs> even the city. Of, yeah, I, I went to Minneapolis for a short time. Okay. So I'm like, huge leap. But, uh, yes, it is. But how did you sort of go from the mindset of going, I'm, I imagine one of a few musicians in your area uh-huh. that you would know of, to Nashville, which yeah. is essentially everyone just pours in, and people yeah. are insanely talented. How, mm-hmm. how did you manage to like carry your own self-belief and knowledge that yeah I can do this and I feel called to do this and I'm good at it when you were in Nashville yeah well I think that I mean there definitely like has been a challenge with that off and on even up to now just because it you definitely like can get wrapped into being like oh this person's doing this and they're like doing this more successful than me or that thing that they do is cooler than what I do. But I feel like with that kind of stuff, when I moved here and like still now I just try to remember like, okay, I like have my own unique voice. I have my own unique things that I want to say, like God has put these things on my heart and that's not going to be the same as every other person's. And so well, maybe that person's a better singer than me. Like, the entire whole package is going to be different than what mine is. And so I've just tried to remember that in those times. But it was for sure weird. Because, yeah, growing up, I mean, I grew up on a, like, in a small town. And I felt like there it was like so competitive if you did music and there was like hardly any of us that did and so then it was so like I just felt like it was like catty and it's like oh who's gonna get the part in the school musical and that whole thing and then you get here and you're like oh well we all do it so we almost need to like be willing to help each other because if we just are trying to be like competitive with everyone like you'll go crazy. (laughs) There's too many people doing the same thing to do that. You have to just like try to find your lane and support people and doing their thing too, even if it feels similar. that I like still see and I'm close with but then I feel like 
other ones mainly through mainly through church or from going to the same coffee shop a million times and being friends with the barista there (laughs) and um yeah I think that I mean it definitely probably with anywhere that you are for me it's kind of been like you shift through different people and friends and find the ones that like stick with you through multiple years and that are more like long-term friends and I mean you know Nashville has so many awesome people for sure and so yeah I feel like I've been lucky to just find a lot of good people here thankfully yeah we get that mm-hmm. um, yeah when did you I feel strange saying big break because I feel like you mm-hmm. can have like things can go well and then things can even flow in the industry yeah. in your career but when when did you have the moment where like you had I don't know, a song that came out that was like people started paying attention to it or someone yeah. saw you and you're like you are an, you've got influence like when was that moment yeah for you? um for me I feel like it was really the um this would be probably like four years ago now yeah I think four years ago that I I feel like it was kind of like the first thing that like took my turn into music being like a professional thing and not just like uh, a hobby or like just something that I was like chasing on my own um but a licensing agent in town who pitches songs to go in commercials or tv shows or um movie trailers, those kind of things. She had heard my voice on something. Um, and at that point, I just kind of spent the whole time just kind of, like, trying to figure out what random thing I could do to, like, keep working on music but not really knowing, like, what that looked like or which direction exactly to go. Um, but she heard my voice on something, and she emailed me and wanted to set up a meeting. And so I went to her meeting and she was like I love your voice I think that you could do music that would work for tv and film and um in an industry that's hard to make money in tv and film music there it's like a pocket that you're like oh I can make a normal living doing music instead of being totally broke (laughs) I can like actually fund my dreams which is cool (laughs) and so she set me up with a couple writers and producers that she worked with and um the we did like the first session and um do you know Sam Tanez I feel like you maybe do don't Okay, he goes to Longing. He does a lot of, like, film and TV music. And so, basically, she put me in the room with people that, like, were already killing it with it and knew it way more than I did because I didn't know anything about it. So, she set me up for success, which was great. Awesome. And then, <laughs> yes. Um, and we did that first song and recorded it that day. And then she got it placed in the um, a commercial for The Voice that was running all through the Olympics, like, a few weeks later, and that was, like, my first thing that was ever, like, oh my gosh, like, this is real, like, I'm gonna get a check in the mail, like, I can actually do this, um, 
so that to me I don't know if it's like a big break but that was like yeah. the turn yeah that was like oh okay cool now like I don't have to worry as much about working other jobs I can like focus on this yeah. um yeah yeah so that when, was special when did music become full-time for you like it paid for your food and your rent and things like that. Yeah. Um, I would say two and a half to three years ago. Yeah. Nice. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, three years ago, I mean, the first bit of it was, like, okay, I'm making money, but mom and dad can help me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, realistically, the last couple of years where I could actually pay for my own life, but... <laughs> But it was, like, starting to trickle in for a little bit before that. Yeah. So when <laughs> when was the moment when you were like, okay, I'm writing songs for commercials and TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. When were you – when did you feel brave enough to start going, this is, like – have you have – you, I know you've released lots of singles. Have, you've just released your EP. Mm-hmm. Is it, is yes. It, is that yep. your first EP? Just released the EP. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm sorry. I know that I, mean, I, I literally talked to you about this two weeks ago. Um, You're so funny. <laughs> um, but I know that you, you've released a ton of singles, um, mm-hmm. and and a lot of them have been in placements. But mm-hmm. I feel like releasing an EP is, like, a really brave new step because it's nearly like a, well, here's my heart and my name's on it, and there's no yep. ad in front of it. Um, yep. How, what's it like for you, essentially, like, putting your heart onto a CD and, like, giving it to people? Yeah. It is definitely, there's a lot of emotions in it, and it's very vulnerable. Um, Because, yeah, it's so true. It's, like, with a lot of the TV, with, like, a song that's already, like, been placed on TV and stuff, you can be like, okay, I can put this out, and, like, there's already some kind of, like, almost built-in advertising with it of, like, oh, people could hear this and look it up and like it because of whatever they saw it on. Um, But I would say a lot of other songs that I like writing, like ones that are on the EP, are a little bit more personal because I like songs that are more specific and, like are just ones that I, like, I would really connect with if I heard it. Those are the songs I want to write. And so that, I mean, it is more, it's scarier because you're just like, I don't know how people are going to respond and I don't know if I will be able to, like, label label these songs successful compared to other ones, even though these are the ones that, like, mean the very most to me. And so that part is that part is scary, but also I've just tried to, like, focus on, like, even if they don't do the same thing as other songs of mine have done, like, is this what I'm passionate about? Is this, are these the songs that God has, like, put on my heart, and do they represent who I am as a person? If so, like, that's, that's the product I want to put out. That's what I want, like, people to hear me as regardless of the success. I also hope it has a lot of success, but I can't control that part. I like sleeping in my own shirt. I like being on my home turf. If I say I'm not going out anywhere, picture me, yeah, I'm in my underwear. 
introvert. Sorry, I only got one halo top. I'm only thinking about me when I shop. Party for one is the way that I rock, and I can't stop being single, single, single. So when I'm talking yeah. to people, I can be measured and just choose how selective I am. But like yes. with, with writing, it's just like everything. Yeah, out. totally. What, what does it? What's me? Does music done do for you in terms of like working through your own struggles? Yeah, I mean, I feel like my whole life, music has played like a huge role in that. From, I mean, whether it's songs that I'm listening to or if it's like stuff that I'm actually writing. Um. For me, I, like, I have a hard time, I think, processing my own thoughts or emotions unless I'm, like, like, unless I'm on a hike talking to God about them or I'm sitting down and journaling them or I'm writing a song about it. Like, otherwise, for whatever reason, I just feel like I can't always get a grasp on what I'm thinking and so anything that helps me like actually feel my feelings is like things that I want to gravitate towards and I think probably the biggest thing that does that is music for me like singing along to songs or writing I feel like it forces me to like actually get in that emotion feel it and process like whatever it is that's going on in my life that like where otherwise maybe I'm feeling lonely and 
I'll feel distraught and disconnected and I won't know why, but then I can sing along to a song about being lonely or write it. And I'm like, Oh, that's what I'm feeling. Like I needed to get that out. So now I can work through that and move on to the next thing and not like stay stuck in some like negative mindset or like feeling crabby and not knowing why or something. So for me, it's just like helped me connect to myself which maybe sounds weird, but... No, I get it. It makes yeah. sense to me. How do you... Okay, good. How do you choose um, what parts of your story and your life to share with the public and what to keep private? Yeah. Um, I feel like I've... I mean, I've thought a lot about that and gone back and forth about that a lot in different times. Um, I feel like right now, it. I at least feel like I've found, like, a good medium but I think in the past I've been like oh some people like bear it all and like they get great responses from that or some people seem very like you don't know what's going on with them and that works for them and I've struggled with being like oh well I I feel like in the middle of there like I don't know if I try to be like too polished then I'm like oh well then this thing is gonna slip through because I can't hide all of my life, (laughs) but then also I'm like, well, I don't feel like the general public of people, like they haven't, I don't, like, I don't want this to sound bad, but like you tell your friends things that you don't tell someone that you just met off the street. Of course, yeah. And so, yeah, it's been, I feel like I've tried to figure that out. I think... If I feel, honestly, I guess it's kind of like if I feel settled about sharing something. Like, if I feel like I'm trying to share something as, like, a way to gain attention from people or to, like, make people be like, oh, did you hear what she said about this? It's like, that's probably not the right motive, and I'm going to feel unsettled about that. But if it feels like, oh, okay, I feel like I have had this thought or I need to be vulnerable in this way, because I just feel settled about it. I feel like me and God have been talking about this. Well, then I'm more likely to say, hey, I'm going through this hard thing or I've struggled with this hard thing and here I am sharing it with you. Sipping turns to drinking, then it's midnight. It's all out on the table. Slipping was that you've been thinking, but I ain't ready for that label. Video's podcast ads 
content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century. Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high quality royalty free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curated playlists, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects, this is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now back to the show. Uh, we go, well, when I'm in Nashville, we collectively go to a church uh-huh. with so many musicians. Like if, uh-huh. if Nashville is like a pool of musicians, then like 99.99% of all the Christian ones, especially the super <laughs> successful ones, go to the church that we attend. Yes. Which is, which is just mind boggling. Um, but I, I don't know if you know this, but I had a conversation with you when I was living in Nashville, and it was actually uh-huh. one of the things that prompted this podcast to start. Uh-huh. Because we... Wait, really? Yeah, really. It was... We, oh. we were at a service at the end of one of, like, the Tuesday services. Uh-huh. And for some stupid reason, I decided to make some snarky comment about Christian music, which is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you in all your grace and eloquence because we're just talking about like pop music and how cool it was that you do pop music and you were like uh-huh. you're like get that but also uh like we've got to be careful there are people here uh did you know that like i think it was michael tate from dc talk is behind <laughs> us and, and i'm like so uh <laughs> and, and i was so glad you said that i was so one because that could have been really bad um, <laughs> because I was actually like, wait a second, like, it made me reconfigure, like, how I saw people. Because I think living mm-hmm. overseas and living away from Nashville, I saw Christian yeah. music and Christian musicians as brands. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't always trust them easily because, like, a lot of yeah. musicians in and out of the Christian music industry, you see mm-hmm. so much polish and see a lot of the same message going through. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And so when you brought that up with me, it was actually, it was really cool because God was just like, let's think about this. And I began to see people as people, which was awesome mm-hmm. because I needed yeah. to, like, that's mm-hmm. important being human. <laughs> but yeah. um, that's what started, like, me having conversations with people because I was like, maybe I'd mm-hmm. be nicer and, like, less judgmental and actually understand <laughs> them if I talk to people. And I love that. So I love that you did that because you you live in this really cool spot with your with your personal life and career where you are uh-huh. quote unquote secular artist whatever that means uh-huh. um and, and, and you release you release pop music and you write your own stuff and it doesn't have to explicitly say god or jesus in it for it to be yeah. true to you um uh-huh. but you are friends with and live in this culture where you work with people who write about jesus every day and sing about him uh-huh. every day and tour the world doing worship sets um, uh-huh. and have this whole different measure of success in some ways than what your career does because you've got different audiences. Yeah, totally. How do you 
um, hold like your calling in that, knowing that what what you do is so I would actually say is really unique at the belonging. Um, mm-hmm. and, and how do you hold that, knowing that it's important and just as essential as say Carrie Job, who's like killing it, yeah. um, but yeah. but like everyone knows her name at the moment. Like how do you yeah. how do you balance that? Um, I, well, first of all, I love that. I don't even remember that conversation (laughs) because I probably wasn't thinking about it, but I love that that happened (laughs) because I know I would like also probably make a snarky. I mean, I've made plenty of snarky comments about Christian music (laughs) over the years, but I'm sure that would be like, but oh no, there's a lot of them here. (laughs) That's funny. Um, but... I, for me, I've always listened to, I've always listened to Christian music and I've always listened to secular music. Like growing up, my family would listen to both. And, um, so that's really what I've always been used to. And definitely when I was younger, I like, I mean, I always dreamt of pursuing music. And so in like middle school and stuff, I, I know that I was like, sure I would be a Christian artist like that's what I was gonna like go after and do because that was the right thing to do and um I yeah so I definitely like had seen myself in that for a little while but then I think as I've like just grown up more I've essentially I want to be like like I said I want to write the songs that I would connect with I want to be like the artist that I would want to listen to now, but also that I would have wanted to listen to in high school. And, like, a lot of the artists that made big impacts on me were secular ones. Like, yes, some of them were Christian ones, but a lot of them were people like Katy Perry because this song that she sang made me feel really confident. And, like, because I was feeling confident, I was feeling healthier and more who God made me to be. And... Um, or it helped me process this horrible breakup. And instead of like feeling low and insecure because of this breakup, now I'm working through it and coming out on the other side. And, um, so I think a lot of secular music and secular artists have played a big role in my life in those ways. And so I think that that's a lot of what has like made me feel I guess, passionate about going in that direction. And kind of like what you said, how you said with your writing, like you don't know how to be like filtered with it a lot of times. That's how I feel a lot in life. Like in, if it's like a super like perfect, like Christian situation, sometimes I'm like, oh no, like I don't know. Like I know me and God are cool, but I don't know if I know like the right words to say right now to fit into this situation. And um, I think that the cool thing, since I just sometimes I felt like, oh, I don't know what those lines are. I don't know what that looks like in doing the music that I do. I, there's a lot of freedom to just like say whatever, say whatever thing, work through whatever thing. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of like why I've gone in that direction.
married to tip what a year and a half ago two yes. years yeah we literally hit a year and a half like two days ago or something that's or like amazing two days ago. <laughs> how, yeah. how did you guys meet because tip is also a musician right yes he is so we met shortly after he moved to nashville um and i used to live on 12 south which for those of you listening is just like a the best area place on earth yeah, I do love Tall South. That's great. It just has like a ton of cute coffee shops and like restaurants and all that. And so one of the coffee shops on 12th is called Frothy Monkey. And Frothy? Yes. That's so sweet. The best Nashville story. I know. It literally is. It's the most Nashville. But I would walk there all the time because I like lived down the street and. I, especially then, was, like, living at coffee shops. I just was constantly at them. And so I would go there all the time. And shortly after he moved to town, he was in there one day. And he had seen me, and he was like, who is this person? (laughs) Which sounds so dramatic. I'm like, I would rather him be telling the story. I understand. Well, he was like, I would like to talk to this person who is anime who I don't yet know the name of. Yes. Yes. He was like, I don't know who this person is. I want to talk to her. I don't want to be creepy and just, I appreciate that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so he, he like kept going back there in hopes of running into me. And then we realized that one of, it was both of our good friends, our friend Bailey, she was and is a barista at Frappy, and he was talking to her about me one day. He's like, do you know who this person is? She comes in here, and Bailey's like, I think I know who it is. I think it's my friend, Anna Mae. And so then he was like, oh my gosh, it is that person. And so then <laughs> they kind of like devised a plan to like where she would introduce us so that he wouldn't, like, be creepy and just, like, a random person walk up to me. So then (laughs) she, one day when I was there, she was like, Tip, anime is here. And so then he showed up, and she was like, oh, hey, this is my friend. (laughs) And introduced us. But he didn't want to be creepy and ask me out the very first time we met. So then he kept going back until we would see each other again seven weeks later finally <laughs> and then that's amazing I know and then the best part of the actual like him first asked me out and then from there I'll stop but, um so then I was there the same time as him but I didn't see him at the coffee shop but he had seen me so he was like sitting by the door that he thought I would walk out of because I was closest to that door but I ended up walking out the other door and all of a sudden he's like wait where did she go she disappeared and so I'm like walking down 12 south and all of a sudden I hear someone yelling my name and I look down and he's running down 12 south yelling my name. 
And then he asked me to copy. So. <laughs> he was very so persistent. I love that. That's amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, so, and meeting Tip, I'm like, Tip, just, he's so cool, karma collected. I would pay money to see him just. <laughs> I know. I know some, like, with some people, sometimes I feel like he can, like, come off very, like, I don't know, like. Not stoic, but just like he just does his thing. Serious or something, yeah. Composed. I love that. <laughs> like that's not how I met him. <laughs> <laughs> that's I. I can't believe I don't know that story. I love it. it that's like a stuff that Hallmark makes movies out of, but we won't put it there because it's go well. Anyway, <laughs> um, you you guys both you both live in Nashville, but you both work in music and tour in different ways. Because I know mm-hmm. Tip does lots of like uh, tour. He's a tour musician for quite a few different artists, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. So right now he's off the road some. He'll do like some different random shows here and there. Um, but he mainly mainly plays with either country or Christian artists. So yes. they'll hire him out for either like a full tour or maybe like one random gig that they need a guitar player for. Um, and yeah, that's like he does other stuff now too. But when we met, he just was solely touring, yeah. um, which touring is a cool thing. It also can be very hard on relationships. Oh, I wanted to ask so, about that. Yeah, I'm like I could talk for hours. About that. <laughs> um, but from where we are now to like where things initially were when we were dating or engaged and that kind of like those parts of our relationship um I feel like we've learned and grown so much about like okay how do we have how do we have the best relationship that we can while both being in the music industry because as many industries it's not necessarily built to like have the best family life (laughs) and so we've had to be like okay well it's our our priority is like our marriage our family not like it's that before our jobs and so we're gonna do it as healthiest for us together and then we'll figure out like yeah and so I mean and that goes like for both of us but from like a touring standpoint it's like okay well for us and each couple I've learned is so different like as far as what works for them and what works for others um but we know like okay we don't we don't really want to go more than 10 days to two weeks max without seeing each other like we need to at least see each other at some point in that amount of time and it makes all the difference who someone is touring with like what's the environment going to be that they're in every night and so we've really just like had to I mean it just takes a lot of communication because <laughs> it's constantly it's like constantly changing and so it's just like really knowing that you're putting each other first and yeah wow yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I so it's so interesting for me I only because mm-hmm. not in relationship but two um knowing like having <laughs> having lived in Nashville um and knowing like how how important each of your individual careers are and like how both, yeah. artistic both of you are and somehow going yep. like, how does this meet in the middle 
Um, and I've heard, yeah. and I've talked to other couples about that and stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. because it's, and it, I've heard that it's like nearly comes to a point of going, well, we have to make the decision to put each other first and then sort of go, yeah. go from there because there totally. is no wiggle room in the industry for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Like there are definitely like perks to it, but it's something like you got to stay, stay moving forward with each other. And then you'll be able to see like the positives that can come from that can come from touring and like how the cool ways that that can work in your relationship. But if you're not communicating about it, it could all just explode. <laughs> interview is ask my guest a few random questions which okay. I realize is ironic considering I've been asking you questions the entire time <laughs> so we'll just see how it goes um my first one is what is your favorite album of all time my favorite album of all time I already mentioned her once but is Teenage Dream by Katy Perry <laughs> good choice I love that I just love that album and I think it, it came out when I was a I think like spring of my junior year of high school or maybe a senior year of high school and I feel like like that was just a good time in life in general and all the nostalgia with that album yes it just feels (laughs) like summer I get it yeah yes (laughs) exactly um if you could collaborate with anyone in the world on a song living or dead who would you choose and why oh my goodness (laughs) You can do it, like, a handful if it's harder to choose one person. Okay, I know. I'm like, the first person that popped into my mind is Chris Martin from Coldplay. Yes. Because my family, like, we just all love Coldplay and, like, have gone to so many of their concerts together. Um, and I just, like, love his voice. I'm like, it's always been a dream to, like, sing a duet with him. That would be so cool. Yes. Lord, we will speak us into being. Come. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I'd probably stick with that one. But I also like love. I love the Beatles and I love history, and so I'm like, there's just is also like, yeah, nothing more classic than them. So actually, working with them would be the most insane thing. Yeah. Like with Paul, that'd be so cool. But that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my last question for you. If you could go back uh, to speak to yourself when you had just moved to Nashville and you just moved mm-hmm. into your dormitory at Belmont, what would you mm-hmm. say to yourself knowing what you know now? Um, I would say things are not going to work out exactly <laughs> as you have in your head. Surprise, surprise. But... Uh, that they will that they will work out beautifully in the way that is best for you
delightful she's just what you literally heard then is literally just who she is it's what it means to talk to her and do life with her um and if you haven't met her before i am so glad that you did like isn't it cool to know the stories of the people behind the songs that we hear all day every day even the ones that are on ads that like the earworms just stick there i love knowing more about the faces behind those songs and the stories behind those songs um, and anime, as you would have heard from the conversation, has literally taught me a lot about the industry and what it means to live out the love of Jesus in the industry, literally just by being herself. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. So thank you for the conversation, anime. You are an absolute champion. And I am so excited for the EP and what is ahead. My friends, if you would like to grab the music you heard today, any of it, especially Anime's latest EP, if I'm being honest, you can go and get that now. Go, get it on iTunes, get it on Spotify, get it whatever the heck you listen to music on. We all have a ton of time right now. And even if you're working at home like I am, you still have time to play music in the background. So go and check out Anime and play these music through. You'll find on Spotify all the collaborations and previous singles too. There are so many. So if you love the alternative pop genre, it's it's really great. It will make you happy while also like touching on some of the honest truth inside our hearts. So go ahead and do that. You can also go and connect with Anime and tell her how much you love today's episode and how much you love her music. You'll find her on Instagram at AnnaMayMusic. Anime is spelled A-N-N-A-M-A-E. And Anime is her name. It's not a stage name. It's legitimately Anime. Um, so go and connect with her. Check out her music. Check out her website at AnnaMayMusic.com. You will also find a whole ton of video clips there. Uh, she does such fun film clips. So go and check it out. You'll also find the full EP trailer there, which has little film clips for each of the five tracks. And it's a lot of fun. So go and check that out and spend an hour just being carried away in some pop fun sensibilities. We all need that right now. I know the life is really tough right now and really scaring. And a lot of people are saying a lot of things. Um, a lot of it's really good. There's a lot of music being made. And there's lots of people reaching out. And there is so much going on in the world. I feel like even though we are, a lot of us now are isolated at home, we're more saturated than ever by media content. Um, and I think for me, it's about choosing to saturate myself in positive content as opposed to content and news that is going to make me more afraid and that is going to trigger off depression and anxiety and things like that so um, 
I hope that Between You and Me can be part of that positive media content for you. That if you are looking for a home um, over the next few weeks, months, that you can re-listen to some of our old episodes, find the ones that you resonate with and, and be inspired. And then if there are artists or guests that we've talked to like anime who you just feel a real connection with, then go and check out their music and get lost in a safe space of music. Um, go and read their books. If you are looking for additional content, because I know like self-isolation takes a lot of time. And even when a lot of us are working from home or looking for work from home, we still have a lot of time to listen to music behind us, especially if we're trying to drown out the anxiety of the world, right? Um, so go and check out your favorite artists and go and listen to the song that reminded you to have hope when everything was bad last time. So for me, that's like Guy Sebastian. Here's a song called Taller, Stronger, Better. It's not his best song, but it's a song that that reminded me when I was like a 16 of what it means to rise from the ashes. So now, like my modern take, like cooler, Jessica, if there's such a thing, would be like, I'll listen to Your Love is Strong or by John Foreman. Or I would listen to um, Death in Reverse by John Mark Millen. But if I'm going to go way back, that was the start of the hope narrative for me. So go and find those songs again. And if you need to, I mean, you're probably already doing it. Make a playlist. Remember how that felt and let yourself get lost in the music. And if you're looking for new music, then go and check out the artists that we interview. Um, then I would also love for you to check out other podcasts. If you've listened to Between You and Me and you're like, I want so much more. Well, so many of our guests have podcasts now. People like Sleeping at Last. Um, but then there's also some super fun ones around that I've listened to intermittently over the years. Sounds Good with Brandon Harvey is great. I've listened to that on and off over the years. And Brandon in himself is great. He's a ball of energy, but he speaks to influencers in, and people and creatives in every facet of life who are just positive forces for good in the world. So go and check that out. Um, I would also highly recommend That Sounds Fun by Annie F. Downs. She is fun. <laughs> She's great. And she she has the ability to have really deep but also really fun conversations with people. Um, a lot of it comes from a Christian worldview and she talks about spirituality, but Annie is so good at showing how that's like just part of life. And she talks about books and movies and love and she she's great. Um, I've never met Annie, but, but I would highly recommend her podcast. Aside from that, a solid favorite of mine and a podcast that I'm actually revisiting at the moment is The Bible Binge. It's part of the Popcast Media Group by Knox and Jamie, and they have about eight or nine seasons now of content where they take a Bible story or a thing and they actually dissect it like you would a bachelor or bachelorette recap. Um, so they've, they literally do bachelor and bachelorette recaps every week for their other podcast. And so they've taken Bible stories and gone, who would we cast in this main role? Who seems to personify these traits? Um, and what are the different alternative views and, and reasons and motives for people doing things? It's, it's hilarious, but it's also given me permission to think about Bible stories and themes that we've been traditionally taught in um, evangelical culture in a new way and in no way in a new way and to really um, learn more about God in that and to really learn more about some like really significant people in the Bible who we've sort of grown up like reading or like in the kids Bible and they sort of really remain one-dimensional and uh, and 
you hear Knox and Jamie's take on it in the Bible binge and it's it's hilarious. You will laugh so much whilst you're learning. Plus they do a whole bunch of cultural research and look at a whole bunch of religious texts and historical texts. So we get so many different views and I just finished uh, the I just finished their series on Esther which is so fun because I had no idea that the book of Esther was written as a comedy. And so I listened to that and I've just restarted their series on David. And David has always been one of my favorites heroes characters in the bible uh but their take on him is very interesting and i'm learning to see him as a hero but also in some ways a villain because he was definitely an imperfect dude um so definitely check out the bible binge as well if you're looking for great content and if you're looking for like some sort of that is all from us this week thank you guys for being here for waiting us out for choosing to join us while we figure out what the heck life is and looks like amongst COVID 19 I'm constantly trying to figure out words to say to to create meaning for us in this moment. And honestly, I don't have the words. I'm not going to try to make sense of this. I'm just going to say thank you for being here. I love you and I see you. I'm so glad that music unites us. And I can't wait to rejoin you in two weeks for a new episode with someone who is just changing the world one day at a time through music. Until then, if you would like to contact me, please do. You can find us on social media at Between You Me Pod. You can find us online at BetweenYouAndMePod.com for all our episodes and show notes and things like that. We are currently in planning stages for future episodes. So if you have any guest requests or topics, doesn't matter how sticky it is or how awkward it is, please send them in. DM me or go and contact us over at our website, And we would love to hear from you to get some suggestions. We are working on some new things and I'm pretty excited about where this could go in the future and what this looks like in 2020. So I would love your feedback on that. That is all for now. Thank you, guys. I will see you in two weeks. Until then, enjoy re-listening to Between You and Me during your isolation and I hope you find some music that will give you hope. I will see you soon. I don't want to be afraid Every time I face the waves I don't want to be afraid I don't want to be afraid And I don't want to fear the storm Just because I hear it roar I don't want to fear the storm I don't want to fear the storm
for listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to JesusWire.com.